Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. How long does it take you to respond to your emails? Now, I've worked with some people who take pride in having an empty inbox, and I get back to everyone within a couple of minutes, and I'm like, ah, that is not what email is meant to be. Angela Poon and I discussed the origin of email from the US Army, where it was designed to get information from the East Coast to the West Coast much quicker than it took in a transport, in a car or a truck. We also look at how email was meant to increase our productivity, but it's absolutely eaten up all of our time. I'm sure so many of you listening to this right now go, hey, this is my world. More importantly, we give you some proactive tips on how to control your emails and how to free up time to do what you're paid to do. And I'd argue that for very few people, email, time, and amount of emails is not in your job description. Use it wisely. Don't get controlled by your emails. And I want to touch on emails because I think when emails was first designed, it was to help us be more productive because we can facilitate communication a lot easier. But I think it's morphed into if you receive an email, there's this expectation or this unspoken expectation and needs to be responded to straight away. But I don't believe that that's what email was initially designed no, for. No, well, email was initially designed in America from the US government to get information from the East Coast to the West Coast much quicker than it was to drive across, uh, which took a couple of days. You know, like horse and cart would be a couple of days, then it may have taken a day. But then what email was, was asynchronous communication. So there was meant to be a gap when a general on the East Coast sent the electronic mail to a general or a soldier on the West Coast, and there was a, a natural pause point. But what's happened is we've got rid of the A in the asynchronous, and it's now just synchronous, so people have conversations and treat it like it's, it's live social media. Now, we have this in Strive Stronger, Ange. If you send me an email, it's, hey, here's some information, get back to me when you've got time or when you're working on it. If it's urgent, you'll text me. If it's really important, you'll call. So I, I just think that categorization alone can save companies so much distraction and increase so much attention. But yeah, we just use email and we WhatsApp's another one. And, and then you've got Slack with a lot of organizations. So it just adds another thread of technology to hijack people's attention if you don't put some rules around it. Because we are designed Way back to you know the original conversation, all peaks, no troughs, we're designed to pulse. So how do you put some boundaries around that? What are some basic boundaries for the people that are listening that they should be putting in place, especially if they're a team member and this is the culture of the organisation, there's little that they can do and they feel like they have to be responsive in order to look productive. What is your advice to them? Yeah, it's a good question. And the first thing I would do before I do anything, is make sure I have a chat to my manager or, or my lead and explain, I want to work smarter. I think as a group, we are being hijacked. I think our attention is being hijacked because you need coverage on this or you need support on this. So if you start swimming against the current, you're going to pop out, even though you're trying to be more productive. So I'd have a chat to your leader. And for a lot of people now with this rhythm, it tends to be at the office a couple of days a week and at home a few days a week. Personally, I would use the time at home to do my deep work. And then I would align that to my chronobiology, meaning if I'm a, a gazelle or a morning person, I'd work one or two mornings a week undistracted. And, and you know, I do that. 
often I'll get in early at 5.30, 6 o'clock, and I'll do a couple of hours before anyone in our office either gets in or even gets up some days. And it's, it, it, it works for me. But if you're an evening person, I do that of an evening or a late afternoon. And two-thirds of people will be a hybrid. They're the tigers. You know, they're good late morning. Hello, tigers. Uh, and then they have a crash at lunch and then they're good mid-afternoon. So one, I would have a talk to my manager. Hey, I want to work a lot smarter. I think we can work a lot smarter. Two is then I would look at it for most companies who have this blend or hybrid blend between in the office and working from home. I do it on one of my home days and just get stuck into deep work. Now, and Ange, you see this when we coach people, when we run programs. We get feedback all the time. People come back and go, that sounds so simple. But I've started doing that. OMG, Tuesday mornings when I do that two hours of deep work without family, without distractions, I get more done than I normally do in a month. It just works. And doing those deep work, the other thing that we teach our uh, clients is to switch off those notifications, those bips and the bops. and the b- That's what's totally distracting us and making us move from one thing to the other without really focusing on any one thing. So removing notifications is one. The other thing we also talk about is instead of just relying on email as a communication for urgent messages, texting or calling, I think we've lost the art of picking up the phone and talking to each other as well to to relay urgent messages and relying on um, the high priority function in emails. Yes, full stop. (laughs) That simple productivity code that we use If it's information to share, it's an email, or we might send a hyperlink. If it's important, I'll text someone. And if it's urgent, I'll ring you. And and we do that. And it works. So I know if you're ringing me, it's really important. I know if it's a text, I've got to get back. I know if it's an email, I'll do that to fit into my rhythm. Whereas when you don't have that that operating system, just every email, and, and you see this, we see this all the time. Someone's working on a high-end document. They're, they're in beta brainwaves, which is good. And they're thinking about the project. They're doing really good work. When one distraction comes in, the science on this shows it can take 24 to 25 minutes to get back into flow. So it's just so unproductive when you're doing that deep work, when you've got messages buzzing and binging and dinging and danging, and we've all done it. And then you're like, oh, where was I in the document? Oh, shit, where, where was I in that, that calculation? Or you thought you've sent an email, but it's in your draft because you actually never pressed the send button. Yeah, yeah. And, and it gets even deeper. For those people that need to be creative and innovative, busyness kills creativity and innovation. And we know this again from brainwave or from from brain science. You also, when you're being creative and you're being innovative, you want to shift brain state. So we want people to go alpha. That's that brainwave state where you reflect and ruminate. And I often say you have your best ideas. It's around the five Bs. When you're in the bath, you're on a bike, you're on a bus, you're sitting on a beach or you're reading a book. So you're focusing on something else and you're allowing that subconscious to run through. Now, you're never going to get into alpha, that creative brainwave state, if you're always being distracted, if you're always being notified as well. So to go even deeper on the week, with creatives I work with, with business owners I work with, I'll absolutely schedule some time for them to go alpha, and then we'll explain what that means, is have some creative time, have some time, reflective practice where you allow your mind to wander. And, and for me, when I write, you know, I go down the south coast to Jeroa to get away from you all uh, with respect. And then when I'm stuck on an idea or I'm trying to ruminate on something, I'll walk. And it's amazing while I'm walking along the headland in Jeroa with Toby the dog, 
how so many ideas sharpen, how so many ideas get really clear. And Dr. Tom Buckley and I often talk about this, that someone will read an article or a white paper or listen to a podcast and go, oh, that sounds really clear. And you should have heard it when we first started. It was bloody awful. It was all over the place. But it's that process of allowing that creative thought to come through that we've built in as a practice. And I think that's a missing art, Ange. Mm. I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with that as well. And this is probably why we're so busy all the time because I think some people are filling their days with busyness because it's seen as a badge of honour. It's seen as being productive. It's seen as adding that value. But what you're saying here, Andrew, is that slowing down, having that space to be able to think and ruminate and not just pumping out things and being seen as productive is actually really helpful. Mm. Pump out things and be super productive, but have time to slow down. And, and, and one of my favourite sayings, you know, Ange, is busyness is not a proxy for productivity. You know, productivity is a proxy for productivity, and that's working smarter. That's working aligned to a natural pulse. It's working aligned to your natural energy rhythm. It's working aligned to people you work with. It's having a code of behaviours. Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including Matchfit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM Edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence. Performance Intelligence.